Welcome to the Power Podcast with Pastor Vince Holmes in the Zion Temple Community Church. Our goal is to proclaim the message of Christ, observe and obey the Word of God, win others to Christ, equip the church with tools of victorious living and empowerment with opportunities to use God-given gifts and talents, and lastly, release rail-rounded, spiritually-minded individuals into the community and the world to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. And praise God. Thank you for being here again. I honestly want to say thank you. Thank you for coming to worship with us. I appreciate you. Got a question for you. Is not God worthy of praise? If he's worthy, just type in worthy into the comment section there. Worthy. Amen. I believe that he's worthy. At least for me, he's worthy. He's been good. And um, I just, my plan and my desire is to give him all the praise, the glory, and the honor. In fact, Lord, we bless your name right now. We give you all the glory, the praise, and the honor as the word worthy is coming through um, in the comments section, God, is because it is a testimony of your goodness to us, your faithfulness to us, your loving us when we were unlovable. And Lord, we thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your presence and power in our lives today. And we'll give you all the glory, the honor, Lord, anoint the word as it goes forth today. Not only, Lord, do I invite you to speak through me, but God, speak to me that I might hear from you and obey, and will give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And may every saint of God that's, well, that's participating today type in and say amen. Say it out loud, amen, and type in the words right there, so, uh, the word amen. God bless you. Again, thanks for being here. Um, today is as the end of October and I stand in solidarity with those who are struggling with, who are survivors, and who have loved ones who have passed from breast cancer as it ends Breast Cancer Awareness Week. So we're strong in pink today, and we thank God for his healing power. Amen? Amen. Don't forget, you can always just type in the words there because I can't hear you, but type them in right there because we do read them and respond as there are people live watching and with you and worshiping with you this morning. So today's a little, little weird as we go through the Word of God. Turn with me to Matthew. You can go to the fourth chapter. We're going to go in between three and four. And I want to talk about a fake ID. Yep, that's what, a fake ID. When I think about a fake ID, you know, a fake ID is, is typically used for some sort of sordid gain, right? Um, young person trying to get into a club. I know some of you have been there, right? Um, but it always requires the original to take on the identity of this assumed identity or to act like this newly identified subject. Even when they try to blend, just change the picture, the name, or the age of what's there. Now, 
The real problem begins to happen when the original loses its sense of true self to take on the identity that it has created. Some of us have identity chapters, and I believe that Satan tries to cause us to take on this fake identity of being something that God says that we're not or something other than what God says that we are. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 4, but if we back up in Matthew chapter 3, Jesus is just baptized by John, and um, he gets this wonderful approval from God. Jesus does. In fact, it says that he hears these words, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. His identity is affirmed. It is tied up um, in God as God's son. I mean, he hears it. This is my son. Everybody hears it, right? Um, but and so Jesus hears it himself. This is my son. So far, there's nothing really recorded of great works that Jesus has done, any um, serious ministry. We've had something about him being around the age of 12 or so as he sits and talks in the temple, but nothing really serious about his ministry has begun. And so this identity of sonship, this is the identity that God gives every believer. In fact, in St. John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power or the right to become the sons of God, even them that believe on his name. And see, and this is why I'm going to digress and I'm going to come back and pull it all together. This is why I believe um, the danger of both evolution and the ideology that at the initial uniting of the sperm and the egg, the embryo is less than human. I believe that that denies God's involvement in purpose and design. You see, Psalms 139, David begins writing, around verse 13 he says, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. I'm reading from the NIV. And check this out, he says, My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance yet being unformed or unshaped or unperfect. And in thy book, all my members were written. So I may not, they not, may not have come together, but you knew who they were, um, which is continuance were fashioned when as yet there were none of them. So before they were, God, you knew God had a plan for you. And here's why that's important, because I want you to realize, somebody, you need to hear this. Listen well. You are not an accident. You are not unwanted. You are not, an, uh, you are not unplanned. But you, even if you were the product of rape, you were and are. You were and are loved. You were and are formed and uniquely created by God. And God has no bastard children. We said, what does all have to do with the fake identity? Because when the enemy begins to plant those things that I'm an accident, um, and we don't see God's creative 
purpose in our lives, it tends to allow the enemy to um, put us in positions of feeling less than what God has called and less than what God has designed for you. And just as sure as I am telling you this, God's affirmation, as Jesus, uh, God's affirmation of Jesus is recorded in Matthew 3, 16 and 17. So again, it says, just to review, it says, and as he was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and a voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. How much more affirmation is that? Is there? I mean, you hear the voice of God. You see, you see the dove coming down, um, the spirit of God coming down as a dove, and you hear from the voice of God, this is, I mean, it's identified. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Now, it's important to notice, as I mentioned earlier, that Jesus' ministry hadn't started. There have been no miracles recorded, no ministry, no work that we know of that's recorded prior to this. Why is that important? Because it's, um, it's important. Well, let me say, Paul records it like this. Paul says that in Romans 5, 8, that God says, but God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. John says it like this in John 3, 16. For God, say it with me, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Ow! Oh, so there, there is no, no work done by us to earn God's love. And as Paul said in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrated his love toward us while we were yet messed up, jacked up sinners. We didn't do anything to earn or receive God's love. He loves us. The same with, with, with John. He just says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It's, uh, the action is motivated simply by God's love for us. You are enough just as you are. So check this out. Despite the word which written, despite God's affirmation, Satan challenges Jesus in three areas of identity. And I believe that he challenges us in the same. And I want to share those with you. Let's take a look at Matthew chapter 4. The first area is, is that I am what I do. It is a performance-driven area. Remember I said that Jesus had done nothing. His ministry hadn't begun. Um, and from, from the outside looking in, he's just a loser. And so by the time we get to Matthew 4, verse 3, it says, this is, oh, and, and he gets here with this temptation comes, and he's hungry. So he's done nothing. His ministry hasn't begun from the outside looking in. He's a loser. He's been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. So now he's hungry. And this is when the enemy comes in. You know, Satan, Satan doesn't come. Um, in our areas of strength, right? We're tempted in our areas of weakness, in our areas of greatest need sometimes. And here's where he gets Jesus hungry. And he says in Matthew 4, 3, it says, the, tempest, the tempter came to him and said, 
if you are the son of God, watch this, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. He's giving us something to do to prove who he is. You got that? He's challenging him with something to do to prove who he is. If you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And so with society, we often do the same thing. Many of us struggle in saying that our worth is what we do. Society's first question, usually uh, within a few minutes of meeting someone, it goes to, so, so what do you do? It's not just for conversation. We act like it's just for conversation, but what are we doing? We are evaluating, we are contributing um, or, or um, worth and value to this person based on what they do. And so we look at us and we make, we make these assessments. What do you do? Got a question. Are you on this hamster wheel of accomplishments trying to validate your value? Typically, this, this, this is what typically happens. If a, if a brother gets fired, he's been on a job for so many years, and that's all he's known to do is what this career is, and he, he, or he loses his job, something happens. There's a depression that happens. Why? Because we are wrapped up in what we do. We lose our significance. We seemingly lose our significance when it's tied directly to what we do if what we do changes. But God says, you are valued because you are. You are valued because you exist. So God gives his value to you. You can't earn God's love. There, you, there's nothing you can do. There's no performance that's needed. And if we can learn to rest in that and understand that we don't earn God's love. And so the enemy tells us that our identity is wrapped up in what we do. And that's what he tried to do with Jesus. Hey, do this to prove that, to prove that you're the son of God. No. Here's the second area. We're going to get to the solution, too, at the end. The second area that this fake ID tells us is that I am what I have. So not only am is my value or am I, um, my identity tied into what I do, there's another thought that the enemy tries to, to tell us is I am what I have. Look at verses 5 and through 7, Matthew 4, 5 through 7. It says in the NIV, it says, Then... The devil took him up to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Here he is, up on the holy city, the highest point. Why, why do you think he took him there to see? Or what do you think he took him there to see? I believe that he took him there to see what he does not have. So he's showing, hey, you don't have all of this, but, but if, you're, if you're the son of God, here, do something spectacular, right? You do this, do this great thing. And so the enemy's saying, hey, you, we are identifying that we are what we don't have. And so what we lack, we We struggle. We struggle with it. And he says that I am what I have. And here, here's a problem. Let me, let me put this in more modern day terms that, that we can 
we can do it. Um, this isn't mine, but it's the idea of keeping up with the Joneses. We struggle to gain because we are competing with other folk and that this status, having these things, mean that we've reached a certain status, whether it's the right education, going to the right school, having the right job, having the right number of children, driving the right car. Um, that, that's an old thing, but here, here's a more modern thing that we struggle with when Satan tries to make our identity based on what we have. This is something that young people are struggling with. This is what social media does. It presents a fake, right, identity. So everyone does well. Everything is always good. In fact, check this out. Just recently, um, there, there was a hearing in which there was a whistleblower from Facebook who began to detail that Facebook intentionally allows things to happen so, so that um, it will get more hits. And these more hits that are intentionally sent to people depending on their time that they spend in certain areas, but it has a negative effect on younger people. And some of them are becoming depressed, severely depressed, because they don't meet up to the standard of the things that they see. You struggling from depression? It could be. How much time are you spending here? It might be that. Could it be? That we're, we've wrapped ourselves up. We're determining our identity based on what we have. I, I, I'm, I struggle with this. You get a certain age and you look back over your life and you say, I should be here by now. This is what I have planned. I tell people all the time, I did not plan to be in this position at this age. That wasn't my plan. And so what the enemy does is he begins to, to make you feel like a failure. But then God introduces us to himself and to who we are and gives us value based on him. And it all begins to change. There are many recent grads, and I'm spending some time here because this is an area I see happening a lot. There, there are many recent college graduates who play this comparison game, competing with others, and feeling like they, they don't measure up. Why? Because the enemy has that fake ID that, that we should be this, or we should have that. <laughs> the enemy tells you that you have nothing, so you are nothing. And you have, because you have nothing, you are nothing, then you have no value. And we begin to feel bad. And then you can't let others know how you feel. So you hide from others. And because you don't want to deal with the feelings that you're feeling about feeling bad, then you begin to hide from yourself. And as you hide from the others because you don't want to deal with the feelings of feeling bad, you're hiding from yourself. And now you find yourself even hiding from God himself. And you're trapped. I got great news for you today, my brother, my sister. Check this out. Going back, let's go back to Psalms 139. Um, and so that because you get to live, feel what you feel, and walk in the truth of what you feel, fully express what you feel to God. Why? Because he already knows. And so if the enemy tries to tell you that you can't let God know, you can't be, because Christians don't feel this way. Christians don't struggle with, with um 
trying to keep up with the Joneses. But we do. That's why we name and claim some stuff. That's why we don't want to walk through some difficult times because we don't want to admit those things. But God says, I already know, and I've made you to feel those very emotions that you are feeling, and I want to help you process them. So don't hide from them. Don't run from them. Let me walk you through the process because I already know. And I want to use these processes. I want to use these feelings I want to use this emotion of sadness, this frustration, this anger. I want to use that to declare my glory and to draw you even closer to me. David said in Psalms 139, he says, you search me, Lord, meaning you know everything about me, and you know me, he says. You know when I sit down, when I rise, you perceive my thoughts. (laughs) You know what I'm thinking from long ways away. Now, that's scary. Right? Because sometimes if you knew what I thought, oh, my goodness, you would tell me to sit down. You wouldn't even turn on this thing. You wouldn't even come to church with me. You wouldn't listen to me. But, oh, bless God today that he knows. Verse 3 says, and you discern my going, my coming, my laying down. You are familiar with all my ways. (laughs) Before a word is even in my tongue, you, Lord, you know it completely. You know what I'm going to say. Yet. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Check this out. I'm always saying this. God knows you. I mean, knows you, knows you, right? God knows me, and yet he loves us. Just that way. When the enemy will tell you opposite. And some, I know you deep Christian, well, I'm, Therefore, if any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. But this is what I'm learning. And and I've learned this um, just recently that you've got to know and acknowledge the old you to fully comprehend and experience and appreciate the new you, the new creation. Wow, that's deep. You've got to know the old you to fully appreciate and comprehend and discover the new you that Paul speaks about in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Behold, old things are passed away and all things become new. Thirdly, and the last one, that fake ID says that something or someone other than God has what you need. Run with me to verse 8 of Matthew 4. It says, And again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And all this, this is what this saint talking, all this will I give you, he said, if you bow and worship me. This one's hilarious to me as looking from the outside in. Satan now says, I'm, I'm the source. So, so the thing is that, that the fake ID says that someone other than God has what we need. So that we can receive what we need from, uh, we can be fulfilled outside of God. Yeah, that, that's even better. We, we, Satan will tell us a fake ID says our fulfillment comes some, from somewhere other than God. And so Satan takes Jesus up. He shows him that everything that's there. I'm sure the lights are, are, are sparkling and everything on the mountain. He shows him all the kingdoms of the world. And he says to him, I will give you all of this. Come on. If you fall down and worship me, who are you serving today? Oh, we might not serve the enemy, but we, we serve ourselves. 
That's idol worship. We serve other people. That too can be idol worship. And check this out. Satan is offering Jesus. Check this out. This is how, this how, 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 how my enemy is. He's offering Jesus what is already his. Oh, my goodness. You have access to discover who you are in Christ. It's already there for every believer. And Satan is trying to a counterfeit, giving you a counterfeit to what you already have. And then because you already have it, because you have Christ living inside of you. The word of God says, Paul says, Concerning Jesus and Colossians, that Jesus was before all things, that he made all things, were all things made by him and for him, and without him was nothing made that was made. So here Satan's going to offer Jesus, hello, something that he already has a counterfeit to what Jesus, who he is. And so the enemy tries to trick us. Well, I got a solution for you. Jesus answered Satan all three times with these three words. It is written. Man shouldn't live by bread, bread alone. Man shouldn't tempt the Lord thy God. That man should worship, should worship nothing, no, no one other than God. It is written. Jesus was familiar with the word of God. Today, God wants to exchange for you the ashes of your life for the beauty of his presence. So when the enemy lies to you about who you are, when the enemy lies to you about what you need, the enemy lies to you that God doesn't love you, that you need to earn anything from God. God simply says, I have loved you simply because you are. I choose to love you. For God so loved the world that he gave. You didn't do anything. You can't do anything. All the frustration that you're feeling, processing the struggles that you're going through, God says, hey, let's deal with those. Bring them. I already know about them. There's no shame. Feel what you feel. Acknowledge it. And let's walk through it. Because I have healing for you. My love for you isn't based on what you feel. My love for you does not deny what you feel. I simply love you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for who you are and for your love for us. I thank you. Now, Lord, to my brother and my sister who are struggling there with comprehending and feeling your full acceptance, who, who's working to earn your favor, God, I pray that you would speak to them and set them free from the chains of trying to earn today. That they may hear your word that says, come, come unto me, just like you are. And that you would give rest, rest from the struggle. God, that you give deliverance. And God, that you will help us to process all the emotions that we feel. That we can live without shame. For your word says there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. And we thank you for that. And we'll be so careful to give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen.
If you're there and you're, you're, you, you, you can admit you've been trying to earn God's favor. Or maybe not even God's. Maybe you're, you're someone who's trying to earn your parents' love, a spouse's love. I want you to understand that you don't have to anymore. I want you to understand how deeply God loves you, how it's okay to feel what you feel, because God is able to handle that. And you know what? Maybe you're like me. Maybe you're someone who doesn't dive into their emotions because you don't want to feel what you feel. You don't want to, it's just too much energy, too much work, Right? I know somebody else is out there like that. Here's, here's what God is saying to us. Trust me. It's worth it. It's part of my process of you becoming all that I want you to be. For we know that all things work together for good to them who love the Lord, who are the called according to his purpose. Now let me do the work. Bring me your goods and let me do the work. Would you do that? Would you do that? If any of those um, describe you and you sense the Lord speaking to you, we want to pray with you, but just simply type in the words, speak to me. Speak to me. Or you can email speak to me at ztccla. No, wrong email address. Email the words to online at ztccla.com. That's online at ztccla.com. Speak to me. Or simply type in speak to me here and we'll reach out to you. God bless you and thank you for coming to worship with us. I am looking forward to seeing what God is going to do. And um, for those of you who are worshiping with us online, listen, be in prayer. I, I see the Lord doing something to allow us to be back in some sort of live service soon. So um, as we plan for that and pray about that, you pray for us, pray with us, and we look forward to being able to see you there. Next Sunday, though, um, is our first Sunday. We're going to be taking communion, but next Sunday is family day. Next Sunday is family day. And so what I want you to do, if you would with us, gather your family right where you are, um, you know, small groups, sons, daughters, um, nieces, nephews, Come together and have your communion elements with you there, and we are going to take communion together. Have somebody set up a camera and film them. We want to just, just see if we can share them with each other later, but we're going to take communion together as a family on next Sunday. Amen? Somebody type in amen. So I look forward to seeing you. Thank you again for being here. Listen, don't forget to give. And I'm just going to be honest with you. Our, our giving is down, but God is supplying the needs. And I, I, I know it's not because people don't want to give. It's either we don't have to give or we're, just, we're not here, right? So look at one of the four ways that you can give. And you give. And let's support the ministry. God is doing some great things um, through Zion Temple in the community and in other communities, especially in the areas of feeding people. So again, Thank you, thank you, thank you. God bless you. Looking forward to seeing you next week and seeing your beautiful families. God bless you. I'll see you next week. Check out our band as they worship the Lord and take us out through playing. Have a great day.